0: Vercel is the platform for front-end developers, providing the speed and reliability innovators need to create at the moment of inspiration. Founded by the creators of Next.js, Vercel has zero configuration support for 35-plus front-end frameworks, including SvelteKit. We enable the world's largest brands, like Under Armour, eBay, and Nintendo, to iterate faster and create quality software. Try out Vercel today to experience the easiest way to use Svelte.
1: All right. Welcome everyone. It's another episode of You Guessed It, Svelte Radio. Hi everyone. Hi. Hey.
2: How's it going?
1: <laughs> so it's going all right. We have a guest today. Scott, welcome back. I think it's your th- is it third time? Second time? Second,
3: second or third time. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. 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 Cool. Happy to be here. What? A,
1: thank you. Uh what have you been up to?
3: <laughs> oh, I've been up to a lot. Yeah. Um, in Svelte world, I've been, you know, recording a ton of Svelte tutorial content, but I've also just been coding nonstop. Um, it was like a big rush to get our, our version four, I guess you would say, of the site done by Black Friday for a release, which honestly is something I don't recommend um, rushing out a big rebuild before... Um, the biggest sales day of the year—it's probably not a great idea—but <laughs> uh, we had been working on it since March of that year, and um, been working with a really talented designer, Travis Nielsen, to do the new design. And uh, I, I put that flake uh, or that stake in the ground and said, "All right, I'm going to have this done by November." And that was in like March. So then November's rolling around, and I'm like, "Oh boy!" <laughs> this, uh, <laughs> yeah, had really grind it out. Yeah.
2: You think that so, that's like a long enough time, but timing everything is just, you never estimate enough.
3: And we're a small team, you know, I uh, I ended up getting into some sort of stuff that would have, like if I would have just done just the CSS and components, it probably would have been easy, but I decided to like pull half of the, the site off of GraphQL and do some little here and oh, there that things that made my life way more difficult, but ultimately a better product in
1: the end, so... Cool. so so a busy a busy last year for you then um, yeah so so we wanted to, to bring you back on to to talk a bit about the 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 rewriting of of your of your site from from react to SvelteKit. and i th- i think you've mentioned this before on the podcast about rewriting it but maybe having like a what's it Refresher? called a, a retro <laughs> yeah. of like what went wrong? What went what went well? <laughs> what was good? What was bad? So, yeah. So, well, let's hear what it.
3: went <laughs> what went well was uh, getting to rewrite everything in Svelte, which honestly was like a almost a joy the whole time. You know, I, I really personally l- saw the reduction in just straight up text a- across most components when you were simply copying and pasting everything and moving it to Svelte or Svelte Kit. And even though I was at a pre version one, so a lot of the routing stuff had was very different when I was making that conversion. It was still almost one-to-one in many times, except for when I was like wanting to um, rethink some patterns that I had done in the old React version of the site. And it was honestly, it was a great transition because I really got to take each component, component by component, evaluate it, clean it up, take a new approach to it or not take a new approach to it, get the conversion at the end of the day, have a component that I felt like was way easier to maintain and easier to manage. Uh, than what I had before in the React world. Uh, I had to do so many less weird things around state, around forms, around all kinds of st- stuff that's even gotten better since version one came out. But even at the time, I, I was seeing me personally having more fun working in the code base. Uh, I was getting jazzed to, uh, to, to modify existing components, components that I hadn't touched in years or whatever. But just little things like that. It, it, you know, now. I I truly do have like such a great framework for the site in all my little components that everything just feels super, super uh, dialed in right now.
2: I don't remember, was it a talk you did or was it a YouTube video that kind of walked through some of your thinking, like when you were taking it from the JSX over to Svelte?
3: Was that a YouTube video? Yeah, I did uh, that same kind of content in a few different formats where I would just take a really simple React component and show like, if you have a simple React component, look at how much more simple it it becomes when you rewrite it in Svelte. And we didn't get into too crazy of components. People always say like, well, why don't you do like more complex components? And And that stuff can get into like really personalized decisions that you make. So it's like, well, let, let's let see what you do if you have a Redux and this and that and whatever. I'm like, well, I don't have that, right. you know, yeah. I didn't have that ready. <laughs> so, and like many of the things that I'd be showing you with our GraphQL and our CodeGen and all that stuff before, you know, we had CodeGen doing a lot of heavy lifting and I, I you know, was moving some of that stuff. So, you know, some of it was just not super relevant for most people. We already had like a pretty bespoke setup anyway. So I, I was trying to keep it into to show like, and its most basic, this is what a conversion looks like. You know, uh, three lines to manage a state becomes a one line and this for forms now becomes just binding to a, a store or just an object or anything. So ultimately it, it was like a really great lesson in like the type of like positive simplicity you can gain from SvelteKit and Svelte specifically because you're not just writing less code, you're having to do less to have the same effect and it becomes easier to read in my mind.
2: Yeah, I found a few in here and one all the way back to Svelte Summit last fall. So you've been doing this for a while.
3: Yeah. You know, Svelte's been on my mind for ever since I, you know, version three came out. I'd been thinking about Svelte since version two. And then when version three came out, I tried it a little bit more and, and got just so enamored with it. It was. Oh, well, what can I possibly do to re- rewrite my site here? And, um, <laughs> it was, it was a very good positive decision. Cause you know, i reluctantly rewrote my site in react in the first place that, so, you know, so it, I was never, right, like, it was, was react it Meteor before? Yeah, it was Meteor and their set up blaze was a, a front end framework that was kind of akin to view. It was more similar to view than anything else. And probably more similar to Svelte than even that, because it, it had a templating syntax that was very, I mean, it was handlebars based it. It had a lot of the stuff that I I like to use even today in Svelte. So yeah, rewriting it into React always felt like, man, I'm doing this thing that was really easy in Meteor, but I'm doing it now in React and it's more complex, but I guess that's just the way it is. (laughs) And I probably would have been uh, more happy in life if I would have just kept it on Blaze until the Svelte transition, but who knows? I
2: feel like that's a lot of people that use React. They're like, this is just the most popular library. I just have to use it. and
3: yeah you it's, know react has is, is very wonderful <laughs> so for some things <laughs> but yeah if i'm working on a website specifically a website like this like i don't need react for that and i i you know i, I there's a lot of situations where i could get into it. i'd say all right maybe maybe i'll, I'll reluctantly use react I, i'm not the biggest fan of jsx but you know it's fine it's it, it is it's good uh but you know, at the end of the day, I'm building a website, which is essentially the same type of thing a WordPress site or a Drupal site could do. And like, man, I, I really got to keep it simple.
2: It is, it is fine. Yeah. I just, I love to rag on it sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I <laughs> have to stop it's, myself, yeah. I know.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that's funny. We So we usually do this uh, Svelte lunch thing here in, in Stockholm once a month, or we try to at least. And we had one today. And uh, funnily enough, people were complaining about React. Or rather, they were complaining that they couldn't work in Svelte. They, mm, they yeah. had projects that they had to work with in, in React, right?
3: We had a developer on our team who left who was moving to a React project. And he's like, man, it's really going to suck going back to React now. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> you <laughs>
2: need to tell them to use Sveltosis. Try out Sveltosis.
3: Oh, I haven't, I haven't tried right, that yet. But Mitosis or Mitosis, whatever it is, is a really interesting project in itself.
2: It is. And Speltosis is baked into it now. So it's into the full Mitosis project and you can uh. use it. Just use Spelt. So Mitosis is a way for you to write JSX based code and compile it out into another language like Vue or Spelt or something. I think Web Components is another way. And then Speltosis is a svelte based compiler where you can write your spell components and then get that into like React or Vue or other frameworks.
1: It's kind of funny. You have a compiler for a compiler. Yeah. In in the Svelte thing. Maybe, maybe it's a compiler.
2: Maybe I'm using that word incorrectly. I don't know how it works under the hood, but it takes one kind of code and makes it another. So I assume that's compiling.
3: Yeah. We just talked to Mishko and uh, the folks behind this and, uh, it's a really cool project. A lot of the stuff they're they're doing um, in this space with Builder.io is really neat. Um, it, it, I'm a, a, you know, I got my my start in programming through visual programming, so like all these like visual drag and drop tools, I'm always like I have an extra close eye on them because it's something that I I secretly wish I could do full time is just work in drag and drop tools. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Interesting. I don't know if I would ever fully like to do that, but builder builder is pretty cool and it's nice for yeah. marketers and other people that are not dev good at the dev stuff and dev tools. I, I I'm not eloquent today with my words.
3: Good at dev. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the word stuff. <laughs> yeah. I know I, we we get questions about this all the time um about like cms choices and headless sites and things like that and i just go back to the the feeling that like that man the headless dev experience is just straight up not very good uh for customers and it you know increases complexity tenfold when you have to deal with handoffs and things like that so like when you get into these situations you ultimately end up you know saying i eh, just use wordpress at the end of the day so i would really love a situation that kind of makes all of that a little bit easier um, and builder.io is definitely one of those ones that I have my eye on there.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I've been very impressed yeah. by them. Uh, also because I think a lot of headless CMSs end up slowing your site down a lot through, like, injections of whatever or just the API response. And But Builder, you know, these names, as creators right. of, like, uh, Party Town um, and Quick <laughs> and all that, like, uh, I've been just really impressed. I mean, uh, Yeah, so they, they, yeah, these names I kind of... We're really scraping the bottom of the barrel here. So I, the way I talk about them is, and, and they're friends. I, I have no vested interest. Mm-hmm. Um, is that they are this the visual yeah. CMS that is that cares more about performance than you do, and uh, so I, I kind of like that. In fact, like uh, out of like you know, like there's a lot of buzz about SolidJS. JS. You know, like uh, we uh, uh, Svelte came in second yeah, this year did. on on the State of JavaScript survey. I don't know if you guys talked about that on Syntax yet, but <laughs> yeah, like the uh, I, yeah, not super concerned about solid, but quick actually is doing something interesting there. Yeah.
3: We actually so we re we recently have like interviewed so many people in this space, but not unintentionally actually, it just kind of all happened. So where we we interviewed Mishko, then we interviewed Ryan from Solid, and then we interviewed Fred from Astro, like one after another. And like I think what we're gonna be doing is like a Recap <laughs> on all of the different options, oh, but if you great. were to like list the things that I would personally work in, you know, I'd put Svelte Kit number one just because I like writing Svelte the most. But it, I think the most technically impressive and the most like one to keep your eye on, definitely Quick. It, if I was to pick anything other than Svelte Kit, uh, Quick is in my mind. I think the most fascinating of the options out there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just the resumability instead of the like the fact that you had to, to hydrate everything, right?
3: Yeah, it, it is. There's cool. a lot of cool stuff that it does for you. Like SSR is not part of the meta framework; it's a part of the framework, yeah. which kind of gets really, <laughs> you know, blurring the lines a little bit more.
1: Uh, but I, I think the the fact that we're now recommending users to use SvelteKit, uh, even on the Svelte, like the main Svelte site, uh, speaks to how they're they're kind of merging in a way. Yeah, they merging,
2: it's, but you can still use it as client-side rendered app Absolutely in SvelteKit. So,
1: but yeah. but you could imagine a, a, a future where Svelte Four does something in mm. like that that does something with SvelteKit in a combination that makes makes that it not true. possible to use kind a of the particular uh, blessed, feature in
2: the blessed way to make a Svelte yeah. app.
3: <laughs> yeah. Now that SvelteKit is here, the next. Version of it can uh, be an evolution.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like transitions, for example. Like, how do you do that if you oh, don't page have transitions? Con- yeah, exactly. I mm. guess you like it when when the actual page transition API actually comes out and is fully supported. That that would be great, and you wouldn't have to, <laughs> to build it Where yourself. Where
2: did I see that today? Someone linked something that just came out: sessions in SvelteKit? It's brand new.
1: Oh, snapshots. Yeah.
2: Shots, I mean snapshots.
1: Best. Yeah, yeah. Have you guys seen this? It's a new feature where you can you can capture the state of a page what? and then re- restore it later if you go yeah, back.
2: It reminded me of page transitions.
1: Mm. Yeah, so you can you can store scroll positions, form values, and all of that cool stuff that you might.
3: Oh wow! No, I, I not yeah. This looking at the PR it's, right now.
2: I was wondering very, very if this new. was spurred by that conversation. I think Fred from Astro said something on Twitter. All of this starts on Twitter, I swear to goodness. <laughs> and it was like, if you can't have a nav bar that you can click on and stays in the same position while a page transitions, then do you even have an app?
1: Mm. Like,
2: And I wondered if that was like the start of all this.
1: Yeah, maybe. And yeah. they just whipped it up in, in a week. <laughs>
2: No, no I know it didn't actually. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm just saying. Yeah,
3: we use, I mean, to do page transitions right now, right? What we're doing is just grabbing the, like something to wrap the container into a, a key. We're just wrapping a div into a key and a layout file and then managing straight up felt animations. And then there's a neat little trick where you can do um, grid row one forward slash negative one, grid column one forward slash negative one on oh, the yeah. parent. And it just keeps everything where it is. No position, absolute garbage, and you get your page transitions with no fuss. And uh, and so far for me, that's worked out really well. It's been really easy. And um, I think the only evolution of that I would love to see would be like using the browser-based page transitions API. That's like yeah. the next step for me. I probably won't touch anything until we get
1: to there. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I hadn't thought about using that grid trick because I I would always just position it absolutely in like yeah. in the transition or something but that's that's kind of nasty it's nasty and you end up
3: there there's occasionally some some weird side effects from that um and this no side effects nothing weird
1: just works yeah I mean, i'm am going to try this kid. out yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right so you you migrated to Svelkit before the major changes to Svelkit well the the pre 1.0 major changes i i guess you could mm-hmm. say how, how how was your experience like you 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 got into you, you made it all into SvelteKit kit and Svelte, and then they mm-hmm. they dropped these changes what was what, what was going through your mind um
3: at first it was like oh oh great um you know but at the point when the when they dropped um it was really pretty at a good spot in our, our total re- rewrite here. So we were already on SvelteKit, the site was already running on SvelteKit and then we get this new design for the site. So um, the site was stable on SvelteKit with GraphQL, we get a new design, I say, all right, uh, I'm gonna rip, rip this apart to do the whole redesign. We rethought like just quite a bit of the overall architecture of the site. And so when the changes came, the site was already like you know when you're you're organizing something you just pull everything out and everything's on the floor everything was on the floor already my my entire house was filled with uh, stuff all over the floor so I uh, it was a good time to be like all right now that the stuff's all over the floor let's just um, you know start messing it up a little bit more so I ran the migration scripts and um, sure enough I had uh, hundreds upon hundreds of those little oh, comments <laughs> saying to move things here and there and you know the I think it could have all been easier too if I wasn't doing things in such a bespoke way i'd written my own graphql layer called gquery which we're still using in a, a maybe about 10% of the site right now and gquery yeah. was really great and the only reason i'm not using it anymore is because i've moved off of graphql pretty much entirely for this project but gquery was like a layer that bundled a graphql code gen with um, my vite build process to take our GraphQL API and spit out essentially a store for each query. All I would have to do is uh, run the git call in a um, .page.ts file, and then the data would be available in the store for server-side rendering. And uh, it worked really nicely, but you know what? Like, I, I got really tired of the eight different places you have to go anytime you're adding things to your GraphQL API. We had no other consumers of our GraphQL API. There's like really nothing like if you were to go like all of the, the reasons why you'd pick GraphQL, we had none of those reasons. Um, so I was just like, well, you know, now's the time where these changes exist. We're like, why don't I just go back to my Meteor days of things, um, do the data calls essentially right next to the components, which is how I did them in Meteor. And Meteor, you had this thing called a mini Mongo, which was essentially a fake Mongo instance on the front end where you could do Mongo find queries in the UI. And as long as that data was published to the UI, the Mongo find would resolve whatever that data that had been published was, just as if you were calling it from the server. And I I really loved having that co-locating of my data right there. And so this was like, all right, oh, I can just do a straight up DB call in the page.server.ts, have that data available for server-side rendering, not have to worry about an API, not have to worry about a second deploy, not have to worry about an entirely intermediate layer, and still get like type safety across the board. So when we we took this approach, I was like, all right, what can I do to augment this uh, even further? And so I used Zod for schemas. Um, we, were using, we were using Mongoose for our schemas. It was a pretty easy change from Zod to Mongoose, especially with Copilot was just like making it, oh, you have, you have the Mongoose open over here. And then when I'm typing my Zod schema,
1: I just hit tab and it writes so it all for me so, <laughs> <laughs> these ai solutions are oh, yeah it's it's kind of scary
3: yeah totally so we took zod and and i i found a package that converts a zod schema to a json schema we use that for database validation at the database layer so out of that zod schema like before i had a graphql schema i had a mongoose schema i had uh types and i had to write all these separately and they were all kind of you know here well, now I have to have types for the actual the API itself because it's slightly different. And now what I have is the Zod schema. It validates my database. It gives me my types automatically. It can parse and validate my data in the actual application. But also what I wrote is like a, a quick little transformer to essentially convert it to this auto form format that I had. Um, so I can basically take that same Zod schema, drop it into my UI and say create a form out of this and then I wrap it in a straight up normal HTML form tag and now I just I don't even write any of my forms anymore because I have the same automatic form generation now granted it's not going to work for complex forms but like for basic crud operations I have what 10 data data types or whatever my data types everything's inferred from zod if I need like a, a special Form input, I have a little augmenter that's like find field and augmented. All right, I want this one to be a text area instead of an input. All right, it's a text area now. And then that's going great.
2: Really yeah. interesting. It's one of those kind of hot new texts that's taking off. I know Astro 2.0 is using it for their content collections and they're like using that for type safe markdown in that now.
3: Yeah, I was type. kind of skeptical at first. I was like, I, I, you know, I don't know if I need this. And then um, I used it and, you get to basically, you'd write your schema and then you say, hey, infer all of the types from the schema, and infers all the types and uh, you got your types. <laughs> it's yeah. and you The best part about Svelte, SvelteKit is you do all of that. Um, I do a, like a Mongo query in my page.server, you know, tutorials.find1. That tutorials.find1, that tutorials data is already typed from Zod. Uh, from everything and then it becomes further typed into my UI and I I know what everything is every step of the way and it all, all meshes so well for some reason without having to worry about a generation step that is finicky or broken without having to worry about a whole nother layer updating the schema more than once or the types more than once so it's been really nice. Yeah. 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 So So that that transition was hard. I'll I'll just say that a lot of components uh, (laughs) uh, moving things from GraphQL, moving things from this and that. But at the end of the day, the the product I have right now is way more simple, uses the browser fundamentals. I'm using progressively enhanced forms everywhere instead of GraphQL calls to do anything. Everything uses the use enhance. I built my own little use use enhance um, factory function that sends like Mm -hmm. a toast message. And uh oh, does nice. all these little things. So, you know, I say use enhance and then I pass in a function with the toast message. And then maybe if I need to go somewhere afterwards or have a callback function, just drop that right in there. And
2: yeah. Oh, that's really nice. Um, that's cool. what I was going to say, too, is it seems like a lot of your pain points were just due to kind of scope creep and a lot of that <laughs> coming through. So maybe not just the migration and the upgrade, but...
3: Yeah, a lot of my pain points were just straight at me being like, "Hey, you know, the stuff's already on the floor. I might as well rip the stuff off the shelves and rip this stuff <laughs> off as well." And and I love you know, how you're trying not together. to
2: cuss, right? <laughs> like stuff, just all the stuff.
3: Oh yeah, I'm used to it. We uh we we have a not like a no swearing policy on syntax, but like yeah, keep it to like a minimal. To keep... <laughs> well, we listen to a lot of podcasts with kids in the car in our yeah. both of our households, right. and I was like. There's some of them where I'm like, listen, oh, oh, got to
1: turn it down really oh. quick. They're getting into oh, a, no.
3: some iffy territory.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't think we swear that much on, on this podcast. I I think maybe yeah, it one, matters. once in a while.
4: It does. I, I've, I've had parents. Yeah, I think uh, in my yeah, everyday thinking, life, you know, it's, it's a, like... a bit much. But, um. <laughs> so, Our <laughs> unpopular
2: opinion section might get a little spicy sometimes. Yeah, that's yeah, true. That's
4: yeah. true.
1: Well, it's a lot of emotions, a lot of heated discussions. It's a lot exactly. of emotions. Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. Ultimately, for me, some of the the animation stuff ended up just being the easiest solution. Was always to use the built-in Svelte in and out states. Um, in, and I found the in and using in and out separately was almost always what I did, rather than using the transition mm-hmm. to do like a one size fits all for all of my animations. Uh, but I I didn't find myself needing to do that many. Like getting into actual custom anything in terms of like the custom animations API, where you're you're controlling things down to whatever you want to do specifically. And I, I did find that like most UI interfaces, things whooshing over here, cording out, or fading in, or whatever, like almost all of that can be accomplished really easy with the just in and outs, uh, straight ups, uh, and in you know, like fly or fade or whatever, and yeah. um, or even just straight up CSS. You know, so many things I just went to CSS land only because I didn't want the animation state to deal with mounting and unmounting something. And I just wanted it to be always mounted, show and hide of things like that. But for the most part, yeah, it's, uh, you know, the things that Svelte makes easy with animations is just the direct access to the DOM. You can measure stuff really easy. I can measure a DOM element, and I know that, like, that DOM element on the page is directly correlated to what exactly I'm doing. I can measure it. I can um, do all kinds of things with it. And, um, yeah, animations, for the most part, have been pretty easy, but I haven't gotten into any, like, you know, the stuff I, w- I would really wanna get into next, it, there wasn't really an appropriate use case for it in the site. And uh, I'm a big fan of shoehorning stuff in where it's not appropriate, but uh, <laughs> this is one of those times where I showed some restraint. Like, I'd really wanna get into more of like orchestrating animations. You click this thing, mm-hmm. this thing, you know, like like full on, uh, not yeah. necessarily into flash app style, but you know what I was I was using the other day, my, my car dashboard, I have like a Hyundai that has this um, really nice, um, video screen for your odometer and speedometer and stuff. When you change the drive mode, the shapes on it completely transform and the animations change colors and the stuff all moves and it does it quickly. It's morphing. It's not like you're having to wait for it or something like that. And I was just thinking, I was looking at this and I was thinking, you know, if somebody tasked me with building this animation in the web, but not only in the web, maybe in Svelte or whatever I'm comfortable with, what would I even do here? And I came to the conclusion, yeah. like I've straight up, like I consider myself good at animations and I, I feel like I wouldn't be able to recreate that stuff in HTML and CSS. And you JavaScript. have
2: to hire Jay Tompkins. That's what yeah.
3: you do. <laughs> Got to hire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anybody who's Maybe like G- G-SAP crazy next level. Oh, yeah. GSAP. Yeah. Or, or yeah, what is it? the what is that? Yeah, there's another yeah, one. Green sock.
2: Green sock library. Green socks.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. What is GSAP? Is that? Yeah, GSAP
2: is? Is it's short? Green sock. It's.
1: Oh, it is. Okay. Oh,
3: I was
2: gonna say because yeah. I knew exactly what you were is,
3: talking about when you said GSAP. Right. Yeah.
2: That's what you use <laughs> when you use the green sock library.
1: Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. And
2: I linked. A couple of things in the show notes. I know you've done a lot on animations. You have a course on it on level Up tutorials on animating Svelte. And then you did a learn with Jason on animation with Svelte. So there's lots in there that stuff. Oh, that yeah. Got.
3: Yeah. And, you know, for the most part, you know, Svelte makes all of the day to day, like standard animation stuff you do just very
1: painless, which is the way I want it to be. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I am gonna go on a rant here a bit. Again. Rant? Oh. I, I always do this, but well, it's it's a positive rant. It's about how most people come into Svelte only because of the performance, or it used to be that way at least. Uh, a couple of years ago, everyone was into Svelte because oh, it's so fast, it's so tiny, it's there's no JavaScript, yada yada yada. <laughs> but to me, it's it's always been the developer experience of using Svelte. It's just so much better than anything out there um in 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 my opinion at least
3: yeah it makes the it makes the things you want to do easy um exactly. and it still gives you the flexibility to do the harder things in a harder way if you want to do them but like that was my always beef with with some of the stuff in react is it felt like it it made the easy stuff hard f- for who knows why because of yeah. principles or um decisions that saying we're not going to veer from this path and i don't know you know it's valid uh, but I like when the easy stuff easy, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and to be fair, we we have some of these these things in Svelte as well. Like the, uh, I, I don't think the maintainers want to put in the ability to easily pass down classes to components, for example. That's one of those things that comes up time and time again, and they're like, nope, 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 not going to do it. <laughs> but it's it's not like it's super hard to do it, but people are asking for for an easier way. There's little think, things
3: in the Svelte API that like make my life better on a day to day basis, and like one of those is CSS custom properties on on oh, components yeah. like that. Like those types of little APIs make my life so much better, and, and just little things, little shorthands, class shorthands, style shorthands. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's the best.
1: Yeah, just today I had a uh, uh, on this Svelte lunch thing. I had someone talk about how it's so complicated to understand how how hooks actually work. In and React. The, the, yeah, and React, yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't have hooks, and well, we do have hooks and <laughs> yeah, the spell kit. Yeah, the server and the and the regular one. Yeah, it's. it's I yeah, know. It's
2: well, there was an hooks. argument at one point that like React ruined hooks because hooks aren't like specific to React, and now everyone associates hooks with React.
1: Yeah, I mean, in, before React, hooks were a completely different thing, right? Yeah. It, yeah, hooks were almost even, always middleware-based,
3: you know? It's like yeah, always how yeah. to hook into, or I think about even like WordPress, yeah.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. That's funny. And it's, it's, it's funny when people bring the React, n- n- what's it called, nomenclature? N- nomenclature? nomenclature? Nomenclature, yeah. That, that's yeah. the one, yeah, that's the word, uh, into Svelte, and you see these like, use blah, blah. And you're like, what, what does this mean? What do, you, <laughs> what, what do they actually mean? But yeah, sorry, it was a short rant.
2: <laughs> it's probably yeah. just like functional programming too, just trying to bring some of that into it, which I think is what like React was trying to do with hooks. Just to make sure yep. that you're not yep. modifying your state. But because of how spelt is a compiler, like it tracks your state better than you can.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the very the very need to memoize something at all as <clears throat> a function of like putting that yes. behavior onto the user uh is wacko mode to me like that that makes no sense to me to say oh you as a developer you have to be responsible for memoizing everything down to uh the point but also don't over over memorize over memoize or yeah. over overdo it you know just do it when it's yeah. a, just just go by feel here and like i <laughs> and i had comments <laughs> on that on my tiktok where i did a tiktok about like things i like wait more you have and a TikTok? I do have a TikTok. I was doing it as a, um, you know, Wes and I were doing an experiment where if we did TikTok every single day for a couple months, like how how could like we go, like in terms of audience size. And I went from like zero to 200 in the first month and then 200 to 2000 in the second month uh, of doing a TikTok every day, which honestly was exhausting. 60 videos yeah, in imagine. 60 days or whatever, yeah. Um, And so that's why I'm not doing it right now, but also because the holidays and I've gotten sick a couple of times And I'm like, uh, I've like, we, we somehow managed to avoid getting sick all year last year. And then like something about this 2023, both of our kids are just sick nonstop. Now they got the classic daycare cold and I'm, yeah.
2: Yeah. I have had a kid home the last three days of school, like a different kid, but like just done.
1: Yeah. February is is known as like the the month where every every parent here stays home really? with their kids because they're sick mm-hmm. I did pretty not much. Know that. Yeah,
3: yeah. Oh, well, I'm experiencing well. that right now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, I have. A, a, I'm working on a course right now for type a TypeScript ins Svelte, and it was supposed to be out uh, last week. But I got really sick, so then I couldn't record because I sounded awful. And then I I started recording again, and then now I'm sick again. And so I I think I'm just going to release the first half of the course, which is just Svelte in TypeScript. And then the second half will be Svelte Kit in TypeScript. I'm just talking ins and outs and stuff, how to do the the day-to-day things that you typically do. Yeah.
2: God, it's hard to keep things on a schedule when you keep getting sick especially when you need to use like you have an <laughs> instrument that you need to use for, yeah, that. for sure for
1: sure
3: <laughs> yeah with yeah. syntax we record once a week we record on mondays and i can just like even if i'm sick on my i can you know save up all my energy for that
1: <laughs> but yeah. for, for a marathon of videos it's much different before we continue with the episode here's a word from our sponsor brucelle
0: Vercel is the platform for front-end developers, providing the speed and reliability innovators need to create at the moment of inspiration. Founded by the creators of Next.js, Vercel has zero configuration support for 35-plus front-end frameworks, including SvelteKit. We enable the world's largest brands, like Under Armour, eBay, and Nintendo, to iterate faster and create quality software. Try out Vercel today to experience
1: the easiest way to use Svelte. So uh you you talked a bit about like data fetching and stuff uh when you when you migrated. Have you used the, the form actions as well? Is that something that you're using widely? Yeah. Oh yeah, widely. of course. You mentioned enhance
2: hooking enhance. into like the use enhance, yeah, wrapper. Yeah,
3: and I can even like share that snippet because it's kind of fun. And um yeah, I, I love I love the the new forms API. And specifically because like I said, I wrote like some auto form thing where I just have an inputs element. I pass in essentially like a, a schema essentially to the inputs element and it writes out all of my form. But like the cool thing is is that I can just use an HTML form. I can drop in the actions. I love being able to have named actions and all those things. It's it's been um, it's been a process of moving everything over from GraphQL, uh, where I basically am, am one for one almost taking a mutation that I have in GraphQL and copying and pasting it into a Svelte Action, having that Svelte Action be a very similar name to what it was in the GraphQL API. And uh, for the most part, you know, some of the things I really like within the Actions API, I love the Locals API. You know, We had stuff or all these types of uh, things intermediary before locals and um, yep. where we're locals is, what we do for our authentication, like most people or people who've gotten into this inside of our hooks server file, or uh, we're, we're authenticating, verifying the user, passing the user data along as uh, in the locals. And then anytime you need that user data, locals, locals.user. Yep. Um, you know, one thing that bugged me was when they changed in. Valid to fail or something that was like all one of right. the ones I was yeah. like, oh come on! I've <laughs> <Come on. laughs> just made all these other changes and now I gotta change this to be fail for some reason. Which it's funny because I actually like fail. It's fine. It reads better. Um, yeah. But at the time it was the only API update that I was like, now this one burns me <laughs> because I have to go through and do a big find and replace for all that. But yeah, no, it's been fantastic. And in, in the what I do it here. Here's a little. Because the site's big, right? So, um, mm-hmm. what I do to organize the actions is I don't write any of my actions in the page.server file. What I do is I you know, export const actions as an object, and then all of my named a- actions come directly from essentially a holding o- or a um, parent object from the mm-hmm. model in which it comes from. So, oh, yeah, cool. I, I, I import the root action, What is, let's say it's named users, and then so like toggle interest is interest, And right. so it, again, it's very one-to-one to how I had it in oh, GraphQL right. so, as like a resolver. It's just a big object full of methods. Uh, the only difference is I get access to the request and locals and you're in, yeah.
1: That's that's a super sick. interesting way of doing it. Because then you could, like if, potentially if you had a something that you'd want to do on multiple pages, like you could just use the same users.toggle or whatever it was, right?
2: Yeah. yeah. On, on and, the
1: account page or somewhere else. And it's not exactly
3: say like um uh, you know sometimes when you you make a sacrifice to abstract things away or move them into another file, it can like feel like it's adding mm-hmm. burden to the everything and in this way it doesn't necessarily feel like that it It feels just as easy. You just have an object with all your things in it, and maybe it's just because I already have all these quote unquote you know mutations existing already, but for me, it was easy to just move all that stuff and put it into an object, yeah.
2: I mean, that's kind of keeping your code dry, too. You're not repeating yourself over and over again, just importing it. It makes a lot of sense. I have a question about that custom input wrapper. Is that a component that you're, like, creating props and, like, mm-hmm. generating all of that? Or how are you? <laughs> <laughs> it,
3: it's actually pretty It's pretty pretty neat. Um. So, okay, so the, the root of it comes from the Zod schema. The Zod schema contains whether or not, okay, let me pull up an example. Zod schema, so let's say I have like a blog post schema, right? That has a title, a slug, a status, a body, those types of things. Those properties are all defined by the Zod schema as being a string or even an enum or whatever. I I then pass it through a function called uh, convert to LUT schema. LUT is just like my auto form schema. And in that I can, Define properties as being meta, which means that they become read-only and they're just only there to be shown. Or they're like little, they get put into a sidebar like a WordPress deal. Oh, sorry, I have a read-only option. I have a meta option. Those are two separate. So that way you can control, you know, things you just want to display visually. And then you you spit out that schema. That schema exists as whatever types of fields these all thing become enums, become select lists by default. I have the option to have them be like search select lists. I have a tags input if I want something to be a tags, text arrays or numbers or any of that sort of stuff, date inputs, all the, those things are baked into this one single inputs component. So I pass in the array with my data structure into the inputs component and it just spits out all of the correct elements. Um, when I hit submit, automatically just shoots out the data. But I also have that data bound to another data. So let's say you wanna display the form inputs as you're typing them somewhere. Um, Like we have our course cards. So I wanna type in my stuff about my course and I wanna see what the course card looks like as I'm typing it in. That data is all bound so that I just have access. So the best part about this file API, you just have access to that data right yep. there. And then it all validates through Zod onto the database. So man, it's it's a, couldn't be any easier. You know, I, I got really inspired by a package called Autoform for Meteor. Uh, Autoform was a package I'd been using for a long time in the Meteor world, which a lot of my development preferences come from that space. So uh, I, I really wanted to take and, and make this into a thing. You know, I had a version of this Autoform with the old SvelteKit API before we moved to forms, and I rewrote it to use the new API. And so that's why it's not published really or, or done or complete or whatever. But I am going to be open sourcing this at some point here. I was just needing to dial down nail in the types a bit more. Um but it does it does exist, yeah.
2: Another thing that's like come up that you've done quite a bit through this is like gQuery, you open sourced and like published that and I think you had oh book it.
3: Yeah. I have a lot of Is it book it or book it? It's both really it's it's both. both. It's, yeah. I
2: can't like unsee the boo Boo-kit. kit, so I.
3: <laughs> well, it, it was book it, but then I made the mask out a ghost, so it's yeah, it's, it's like whatever you want. Um, yeah, I've done a lot. Uh, I have an auto form is at level up tots auto form boo kit. I have Svelte element query, which um before media or container queries like actually have dropped here. Mm. I mean, they're still not in Firefox. It uses resize observer to add classes at certain breakpoints. Um, I have an action called Svelte Fit, which does fit text, which is a challenging oh, problem in its do. own. So let's say you have text that you want to have it fill a container. Oh. Um, fit, Svelte Fit will fill that container. Um, it's a really interesting, pro, uh, act, it's like a, it's a use fit. That's all you do is use fit. It's an action. It's an action. No, and we, it's, uh, we use it all over the site. It, it's pretty neat. So I have that Svelte fit, I have Svelte side menu, which is a side menu that pops in, which I use for all kinds of things for displaying uh dev tool stuff. But like um, in the Drupal world, you had a side menu that would you could clear your cache and access any of the admin pages. So I use it even for like our full admin navigation. It's just a little nub that sticks out on the side of your page, you click it and a full site map comes up. You can get to anywhere front end admin or you can clear your, your, I have a Redis cache, you can clear your Redis cache right there if the cache is being annoying. Um, and then likewise, I have a, a thing called Svelte toy, which uses that side menu that binds to state variables where you can just have them easy updated there. So I built a lot of dev tools for myself just, um, because I have ADHD and I get distracted when I don't, you know, it's like, oh, you could convert 10 mutations right now, or you could
1: work on a fun little UI thing. That's just yeah. going to waste your time. It's like, oh, I'm going to pick the fun little <laughs> UI thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I actually did. Did kind of the same thing the other day. So I'm working on the on the news Felt Society website, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I, I need a drop down me- menu. I, I should probably make a, a progressively enhanced drop down menu. That that sounds like fun. So I ended up time. spending ha- half a day doing that. But it's it's <laughs> an actually actually very nice, very nice yeah. drop down menu. So it, I'm, I'm there's happy something with very it. nice about doing
3: that. You know, uh, like bootkit. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of in a, a bit of a like a transitionary period if it's going to even stick around. That was like the exact situation where I found myself, I have this rewrite. I have to get it done by November. It's October. And I just spent three days working on BooKit, which is not even customer facing. And I, I just had to like look at myself and be like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta stop this.
1: But it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so. it's like
2: when you have a tool that like, doesn't meet your needs, which like in that space, the spelt space is very hard. I mean, there it's getting better for a component. Like it's a storybook alternative. So like storybook, and now we have histoire. Yeah. I don't know how to say that word. I hope that's right. And um, book. So, like, we're getting some more support for Vite yeah. <laughs> and stuff for and Storybook as well. Is
1: is also I think Storybook kind of seven there.
2: now has Vite support, and they're telling me that mm-hmm. if I install it in SvelteKit, I will not get an error. I have not tried yet <laughs> as of yesterday.
3: I was just annoyed that like everything in Storybook required a lot of work to do, and like. You know, in a Svelte component, you can gleam a lot of things from the Svelte component, and so like the idea with BooKit was like, what if you just used Vue's glob imports to scoop up everything with a certain pattern? Um, you took that, you made an object out of it. You you were able to understand what the incoming and outcoming props were. Um, you could just like, read them all as raw strings to understand some of it, and it worked really well for what I wanted to do. And then I hit this point where it's like, oh, now I have to have the canvas of this thing be an iframe and uh, i just ran out of steam on that (laughs) it was like passing messages to and from an iframe keeping maintaining state in inside and outside of an iframe was just like really a giant pain um there's a lot of like hidden complexities there that i i just was like "Ah, i don't got time for i'll i will come back to this later if i want to because i I think bootkit was really neat and it taught me a lot of like really cool things but you know at the end of the day if a, a tool out there can do it better than what i can do i'm not going to be um that much of a you know per- i'm not going to be that much to be like yeah I, I i need to use
1: my own thing i'll use anybody else's you right, have to right.
2: build your own thing for mm-hmm. everything you do
1: what, yep. what's that called is it called uh not invented here isn't that some something that? oh i
3: don't uh, know but i i think i've heard that term
1: yeah sounds familiar at least all right so so what's what's next for for level, level up tutorials are you are you planning any any uh, mm-hmm. new rewrites yeah Re- I'm gonna rewrite the whole thing in quick uh,
4: oh.
3: uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I you know for me the next step is as getting 100 off of our graphql API we're so close um if I do a find for graphql queries in the code base right now it's really how many do I have left Oh, 23 files. I have GraphQL calls in 23 files. For you can me, do that today. That's, I don't know if I could do it today because there's some hard <laughs> ones like team management stuff, uh, which is like the ones I've been putting off because they're the hardest ones and also admin stuff. So it's like team management wow. and admin stuff. Users aren't seeing the admin stuff. So it's like, ah, it's yeah. a low priority, right? Yep. Yep. It's
2: always <laughs> so, the last thing to go.
3: Yeah, so I, the the next step is going to get rid of all of those. Once those are all gone, it'll really simplify a lot of things for me in my life. I don't have to deal with hosting and managing an API anymore. Um, so once those come and go, you know, I'm going to be working on features, uh, a lot of features, 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 features. When we did the redesign, yep. um, Travis, who did the design for us, Travis Nielsen, he um he he works at Google. He's worked
1: on search. He now works on YouTube Music. And is he? Sorry, he, is, is, sorry. Yeah. Is, is he? Is he the the guy that ran like a YouTube channel a yeah. while back? Dev Tips. He, yeah, Dev yes, Tips TV. Yes, that, yeah, uh, yeah I, I thought I recognized the name.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So Travis. Sorry. And sorry I, continue. No, no. Yeah, Travis and I met as rivals uh, on YouTube. We were both like, <laughs> I, I had a YouTube channel that was like growing. You know, I was probably at like 150 thousand follow, and then he started like a, a maybe a year after me and was like gaining on me quickly. And so he and I had a bit of this like, uh, rivalry without knowing each other. And, um, I I forget what it was, but we eventually interviewed each other on each other's channels just for fun. And then we liked each other so much that we met in San Francisco while he was living there. And, uh, we just became tight. Uh, we, we went to VidCon together, became friends. And then I, our family just, he lives in uh, Hawaii right now. So our family just went to stay with his family for a whole uh, oh, wow. like 10 days or so. So like he and I are close and um we, we've kept in touch for a long time. And he, he him getting to do a redesign for us was a huge deal for me because I, I've just been a huge fan of his work. And I, I've like, I've always done the designs myself on Level Up. So um, giving up the reins to that to Travis was like super freeing. Uh, I knew he would execute really well and he brought, like a lot of like rethinking of everything. Like I notice you're doing this, but I have no idea why you're doing this like this. Why don't you, you know, I have this expertise that I've gained through working at YouTube and Google. It's like,
2: yeah. user uh, flows that like an actual Mm -hmm. designer like kind of sees a little more into some of those thought processes that you might not. I just have to ask, do you always meet like your really good friends through feuds because I know you and West <laughs> Boss also had like a similar named no, course. Wes
3: I never <laughs> feuded. No. no, but didn't you have
2: a similar named course and yeah. that was how you first met?
3: Yeah. And he asked me to change it and I was like,
2: sure, let's yeah. do it.
3: And, uh, and you know, which is the right, right response, right? That's like um, the
2: syntax origin story.
3: Yeah. He's bigger than me. So at that time it was the right decision to say, of course, yeah, I'll change it. It's, it's cool. Bigger. But like he, you know, in the in same regard, like. Other, other people or, or whatever don't have those same types of responses to those types of things. Yeah. And I think that can, you know, just goes to show you just being cool with people and whatever.
2: Yeah. yes.
3: But yeah, so yeah, Travis and I, I was really shocked at, uh, you know, the output he, he gave us was this huge, really cool site. And um, to meet our November goal, it was like, all right, we're going to get it feature parity to where it's at right now. And then we'll take a look at all the features, the extra stuff that you've kind of done. Um, because he... Really went above and beyond, and there's a ton of extra stuff. Um, so I have about enough work for me in terms of features for the next like two three years. That I, I oh, who knows wow. uh, just we have mockups for all kinds of neat features and explorations and things that we're we're planning for the site. <laughs> now I just uh, I gotta get get to it. So um, now that the site's released, s- solidify this GraphQL stuff, and then feature feature yeah. feature. Yeah.
2: Is there a Twitter handle or something we can follow Travis at or link in the show notes? Yeah, he
3: doesn't really tweet or very something
2: much. YouTube, I, the dev yeah. tips YouTube.
3: He's at Travis Nielsen on Twitter. Um, and he definitely shows up occasionally. He he's around Travis N E I L S O N. He he
1: stopped recording making videos at some point, right? Yeah.
3: Yeah, he got a job at, at Google and it like took over his life pretty
1: much because that's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember I I I think he, he was he was the, the guy that did the uh, like that weird sleep schedule thing, I think. Oh really? Yeah, uh, he, I think so. He's yeah, a, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like interesting this, guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember Jefferson, I, 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 I watched his videos him. a lot. Yeah. It's a cool, cool person. Yeah. All right. And anything anything else that you want to talk about before we um, move on to unpopular opinions?
3: Don't be afraid to rewrite your your React site in Svelte, and like, don't be afraid to even like just start it to see. You mm-hmm. just start it to see. You don't have to like follow through, but take a couple of days. And that was how my initial thing came out. Was I said uh, one weekend I said, "Hey, what would what would this actually take to do it? Let me just do a quick exploration." Did a quick exploration and saw that not only could I do it it was the right it was the thing to do um so just give it a
1: try
2: yeah Yeah. and talking your team into it i think you did a whole talk on that too Mm -hmm. and we've had several more that have come through spelt society like youtube and london have had talks on convincing your team on making the switch
3: Yeah. yeah and i think apple music has helped us there right
2: (laughs) <laughs> yeah
3: <laughs> you know something that you can point to like hey look. that's the tweet
2: that won't die except now someone has come into the comments of that tweet and has said that they think the core maintainers should volunteer their time to apple to help them diagnose their performance issues
1: okay. Uh so it so sounds like something someone who's doing something voluntarily should spend their time on yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. What, doing. <laughs> what
2: was it? Two point nine trillion dollar company. Yeah. Should yeah. Not yeah. pay for open source work.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think the like, that's
2: my unpopular opinion. <laughs> I just. Oh, moved.
1: oh. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sure. Sure. I, I was just gonna mention like on on rewriting that that could be a very fun video series that we could do on on the channel, Brittany. Like we could we could maybe if we could convince some company. <laughs> to let us just rewrite their code from react to svelte. Mm. That could be that could be a lot of fun.
2: That would be an but, interesting series. I will would, let right? you take that on. <laughs> yeah, I don't have I to work with react anymore. <laughs> I was going to
3: do like a lot of videos on it and then I just like I actually have to
1: work. I actually have yeah, to Yeah, you write have a code like here. actual <laughs> things you have to do. Uh, all right, all right. <laughs> okay, so unpopular opinions. You, you, you just stated yours.
2: Yeah, I, I really yeah. do not think that, but I will say it just for the sake of having an unpopular opinion that OSS maintainers should volunteer their time to Apple and not be paid. For the <laughs> I can't keep a straight face.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Scott, do you have uh, one?
3: Sure. I'll, I'll, throw a couple, right. uh, couple, uh, couple towards react, reacts way, but like, no, um, you know, I think, uh, some of the biggest beef I have, um, or comments that I have with people who, who look at Svelte and who are developers of maybe protect potentially react and look at Svelte and say, well, I like, I like react because it's just JavaScript or I don't like that. There's a templating language, uh, in, in Svelte. I gotta say, one JSX is a templating language. Yeah. <laughs> it is just a bad templating language. It's a templating language. It's just like eh, it's just
2: JavaScript templating.
3: Yeah. And two, React is not just JavaScript. Come on, you're writing you're yeah. writing HTML, pseudo HTML inside of JavaScript. It's not just JavaScript. Like, can we just drop those pre Also, React but is a framework. But
1: it's a template uh, string.
3: Yeah, right. Okay, literal or whatever. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. Those are those are the those the hot hot ones here. It's just JSX is a templating language. React isn't just JavaScript and uh, yeah. I yeah. don't oh, say those. Okay. you can disagree with that. That's not fun.
2: an un- unpopular opinion here. <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: You're among friends, Scott.
2: <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that drives me the craziest and one of the things I love about Spell is that you can shorthand your props. So, having yeah. to say the prop equals oh. the prop is this? I don't want to say stupid. But, it's bad. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's just a weird choice. Yeah, odd it's, choice.
2: it's yeah. A, an odd choice. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a great way to say it.
1: We 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 are very privileged in Svelte Land, Probably. Yes. I I whenever I go back and like watch some project that some friend is doing and it's in React and I'm trying to like do some React. I always do the the prop thing where I just do the, the curly braces and the prop name and mm. it's just like it errors and I'm like, Oh uh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. All right. oh all right. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, I I don't have an unpopular opinion today. I'm sorry. Um, that's fine. That's okay. Yeah. So picks. Picks, picks, picks.
2: Um, my pick this week is going to be our new series, This Weekend's Felt, that E Train or Enrico has been doing. And hopefully it's going to be at a better time for like Scott's time zone <laughs> next week. <laughs> I think we're planning on doing alternating weeks. So it's going to be kind of yeah. earlier one week and then a little bit later the next week to kind of hit both crowds but uh yeah i'm really excited about where it's going we're kind of evolving it as it's going through too uh it started in the discord voice chat but i think we're gonna try youtube next right yeah, not I this week so. but next week
1: nice. yeah so it's basically uh i he he goes through and checks the the most common questions and stuff in the in the svelte discord so oh will cool. be fun
2: and yep. then things that are, like, coming up, too. So just any GitHub conversations that are going on, changes that have happened. I think it's pretty informative.
1: Cool. Uh, so I, I could go next. So I don't know if you guys have ever played Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Of course. it's a Yes. So there's a game for Super Nintendo called Mega Man X, which mm-hmm. is a great game if you like Mega Man. And I love Mega Man. Mm-hmm. But there's someone who has made like a ROM hack thing where they've essentially made a new Mega Man X game for the Super Nintendo, and it's been in development for 15 years, (laughs) which is just nuts to me. And it's got everything in it. So that's something to check out. But it's still not released. There's just a video. So... He do you, you play
2: that on like, an emulator um, at this point, or do you have, I, to I have think,
1: an original? I think, yeah, no, I, I think you would use an emulator. Yeah, yeah. My understanding of ROM
3: hacks is it's just like an actual manipulation of the original ROM file. Like, so you you rip the ROM and then you manipulate that. I actually I, I get into I don't actually play any ROM hacks, but I do watch a lot of YouTube where they where they talk about right. ROM hacks or like interesting ones or whatever. Um, yeah, there's same. A, a YouTube channel I like called SNES Drunk.
1: Oh uh, no! I watch I watch yeah. it as well. Oh
3: yeah! I, I just watched a big it fan earlier today. For a long time. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I watched it before
3: I fall asleep. I, <laughs> 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 he's very calming for some reason.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah. so the 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 ROM hack is called Mega Man X Corrupted, and I'll, I'll put a link to a YouTube video here.
2: Oh, nice.
1: Yeah,
3: I'll check this out. Uh, my pick will be a ni- Nim. I think it's Nimbot, but there's two I, so maybe Nimbot. I've always just said Nimbot. N I n-i-i-m-b-o-t and it's a little tiny bluetooth thermal label maker and so one it has no ink because it's thermal Mm. two it prints onto little stickers uh that are tiny but you can get like customized versions and there's hundreds of them on a roll so you put a tape roll of these little labels and again there's no ink in this thing and it's a little bluetooth connected printer and uh it it has an app, which like you think label maker app, that's a little too much, right? But like the cool thing is, is that it has a little label designer in the app that you can use like emoji for, or like you can rearrange and change the typeface. So for, for me, I was doing a lot, I was putting in some new switches and doing some electrical. And so I was printing out labels for which of my line wires are line wires and I was leaving space so that there's room to fold them over or Mm. we were printing out labels for all of the tubs for organization in the basement and so I could have a little lightning bolt for uh, thunderbolt cables or uh, a globe for ethernet cables or a tombstone for uh, obsolete cables or you know and I, I, I bought this thing and my wife was like this is like prime territory for something that you buy and just don't use. And I was thinking, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to show you here. So I've been, I've been labeling everything.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's, 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 it sounds like one of these things where, where instead of doing the actual work, you kind of end up making labels that look uh, nice. It's great though. You can
3: save templates. Yeah. It it looks amazing. Pop in.
1: Um, Yeah. And it has actually
3: been really uh, a net positive in my my life (laughs) since arriving. Uh, But you say like little thermal label printer um, as a... um Thirty-seven-year-old, I'm like that
4: man. That rules. <laughs> yeah, no, this sounds amazing. I, this weekend,
2: I was watching this show called Get Organized on Netflix, Ooh. and it's like a closet organization, or they go into like pantries, anything, and organize it. And they always use labels, and they call these things zones. Like you got to set up your zones and like organize. But I'm like, oh, labels! Like I could print custom labels to organize my stuff.
3: Yeah, it's prime this territory for awesome. something that you would like. Think about wanting to do and then not actually do it, but it, this makes it easy enough that you can just fire them off really quickly. And um, and that
2: sounds really boring. I didn't give that show justice. Like just going into a closet and organizing it. I don't know. I think it's kind of interesting.
3: <laughs> oh no, it's uh, the home edit. Yeah, I've watched that. I oh, know the exactly home edit. That's it. Yeah. 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 It's yeah not I know exactly. Get what organized. organized. It's well. I think it is. Edit. I think it's called Get Organized.
2: The home. With,
3: I'm gonna because I Google with the I home that. edit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. I know because my wife I, followed them on Insta before, so we were prepared yeah. for that show.
2: Nice.
1: It's a, it's a great pick. I think I'm actually going to go buy one because I need to organize stuff. So it's actually a very, very timely one. <laughs> oh yeah. And I should say, uh, it's a low,
3: low investment. This thing's like 30 bucks and, uh, and
2: there's a 30% coupon right now.
3: Tons and tons of labels with it. So okay. I haven't even come and I you know, here's another thing. My kids love it. <laughs> they oh, love yeah. Making <laughs> When a, you said emoji, uh,
2: making, I was like, oh God, the kids, the they're kids are putting out little stickers
3: with all kinds of things on it. Oh yeah.
2: Are they on your walls though? That they, would make
3: me... Oh, they were on our walls. They were on the dogs. They were on everything, yeah. <laughs> Do
2: they peel <laughs> oh, the off of the walls? Oh, yeah.
3: They peel off of everything, yeah. Okay. They're these little... They're, they're not like... When you rip them off, they're not like paper. They're like plastic-covered little stickers, so... Okay. Um, yeah.
1: yeah. that's good. That's good. Don't want stickers on, on your walls forever. Yeah, we um. have stickers
2: that get on our walls, <laughs> and then they just like... The paper sticks to the wall, and so you mm. can't get the whole sticker off, and then you have to... Oh, uh, no...
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, I know. I know <laughs> the vibes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, I think I think that's that's it. Uh, thanks for coming on again, Scott. Um, Anytime, always welcome. Um, and yeah, we'll uh, see you all, or rather, talk to you all uh, next week. Bye bye. Later. Later. Hey, it's Kev If you like the show, please drop a review on your favorite podcast player. It would help out a lot. Thanks.